Welcome to Pickens Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range on Tri-State Communications Sports Network. You're listening to your go-to station for Pickens football all season long. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. We're excited this week to be uh, uh, bringing you the show from uh, in-studio here at uh, WLJA and WPGY uh, in downtown Jasper right here off of Main Street. A little change of scenery for us, Jess. We're normally used to being... Uh, on site uh in uh or i guess off site rather depending on how you look at it uh being uh at the pickens high school campus or a visiting high school campus so it's a little good to be here in this uh, nice facility bringing you the show and a recap a recap on last week's uh game week two at north murray against the mountaineers and what was a shootout all offense all night long uh really exciting game uh for us to cover and i think for most of the fans out there uh, unfortunately, ended up short for the Dragons. They fell 54-50 to 50 on the road. And we're also excited about uh, looking ahead to this Friday, again on the road, just up 515, taking on the Fannin Rebels for the first time in over 10 years. We're excited about getting that rivalry going again. And we're going to have um, a extra, extra insight uh, into that game that we're very excited about with a special guest later on in the show tonight, uh, Jess. Yeah, we're going to have uh, Fanny. He's voiced the Fannin County Rebels. Uh, he's very connected with the program. Uh, Tim Tao, he's a buddy of mine, a colleague of mine. Will, uh, he will be able to offer us a extra view that uh, we that we may not get again all season. Uh, the ability to have a uh, insider, if you will, from the the opponent. So I'm looking forward to what Tim's going to bring for this show. But uh, as far as uh, rewinding things a little bit going back to last week i don't know about you but that was uh, for me the the most entertaining game that we have got to broadcast since uh, we began last season it hated that it ended up the way it did that the way it did but uh, as far as as during the game i, I really enjoyed that one and uh, would have been more fun if we could have come up with a win but uh, a fun game nonetheless and, and we will talk about this i i, I think that uh, fans, the team, staff will feel a little bit better after this week than they did uh, week one against Norville. No doubt you and I both put an emphasis last week in our, our discussions on air about the Dragons needing to bounce back after really coming out flat against Norville week one, really not performing well uh, in the scrimmage against a lopsided opponent. But nonetheless, the importance of really starting to build some momentum and show that they can compete on the field and I don't think anybody would, would say they did not do that. There was a bounce back. There was uh, some very, very positive takeaways from Friday night's game. Um, and why don't we just waste no time, maybe get a go ahead dive right into the recap of uh, last week in Chatsworth. Yeah, I'm going to need to take a deep breath before we get into this. Um, there was a lot of, of scoring, a lot of key plays uh, to go over. We predicted that it would be a shootout and a, a little defense, high offense matchup, but uh, we didn't quite know what we were getting into uh, with this one. Uh, it finished up with over 100 total points. Just go ahead, a little bit of uh, foreshadowing there as, as to what we're about to dive into. But uh, Pickens kind of started the way they did last week. They received the opening kick and fumbled on the very first drive, so we, we kind of felt like, oh, here we go again. But uh, things kicked up after that. Uh, Judson Petty started started the scoring for 
North Murray with a TD run. We would uh, hear his name a lot in the first quarter. He was one of the main targets and one of the main focal points for quarterback Seth Griffin. That's another name you're going to hear a lot in this recap. Uh, after that, they missed the PAT, led 6 nothing. We answered quickly with a 56-yard touchdown from uh, striker to Marcus Pike. Huge game for Marcus Pike. We'll uh, go over his stats at the end of the game as well. Uh, but that gave him a 7-6 lead after the made extra point. And then Seth Griffin, with about two minutes in the quarter, uh, puts North Murray up 7-13. to And you, you may think that uh, 20 points is a lot of points for a quarter but in the second quarter is is when things really started to open up. Uh, we've answered back with a short touchdown run by Kanan Denson. We missed the PAT at that point. Uh, me and Tucker were joking on the broadcast about all the missed PATs uh, coming at that end of the field, the north end of the field. Uh, so we uh, do that about a minute in. It takes about three minutes for North Murray to go down and go ahead once again with another Seth Griffin TD. We have a big kickoff return from Marcus Pike and Mason Powell. Uh, he he scored the next touchdown, six yards out, rushing TD. Then uh, this is where I kind of felt things uh, take kick it up a notch uh, with Coach Meyer's aggressiveness, and we go for two. So we go for two to take the lead at striker to Powell again there. They follow that with an onside kick. Uh, we fail that one. It's answered quickly by another Seth Griffin touchdown. Uh, that puts them up 26 to 21. Uh, Tucker, I don't, I don't know if what you felt. The, the next play I'm going to reference is where we go uh, forward on fourth down right there on our on our own 20. Uh, that was a huge point in the game. The fact that we converted that, uh, I think, kept us in more competitive in the game. Had they failed it, it would have been very, very hard for them to battle back at that point. And they finished off that drive with a striker to Powell connection again, 39 yards for passing TD. Converted another two points, the same combo striker Powell, uh, to go up 29-26 with a minute left in the half. And even if I, as I was writing this recap, I started to write uh, 29-26 pickings at the half after they scored with just a minute, I had forgotten that uh, Murray set themselves up. A uh, big play from Seth Griffin to running back Skylar Williams. Got him in the 10 that set up a uh, Griffin to Liam Rogers touchdown pass. North Murray actually led 33-29, to 29, so n- no shortage of scoring in the first half. It was not. Uh, it, it was really offensively nothing we had seen from the Dragons thus far in the season, early in the season. Um, and, and as you noted, it allowed us a lot of entertainment, the fans a lot of entertainment. Um and what we what was I think probably the 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 best aspect of it at that point was we knew it was a competitive game. That was the first time we've seen that this year. We really had a back and forth of hey, dragons are in this thing. It's going to probably come down to the wire if somebody doesn't uh, uh, make some major adjustments in the second half or injury or something of that nature. This is going to be a shootout to the end. And it was no shortage of that in the second half either, Jess. Now, the aggressiveness continued. Pickens opens with another onside kick, and they actually recover it, but it does get called back. Part of the reason perhaps they uh, enter, or were able to recover it was the fact that they uh, got a little bit of a head start got penalized. We see Jaden Rice for the first time from uh, North Murray, uh, a heralded player absent in the first half. Not sure as to why, but they go to him right away, and he, he definitely made a difference. We trade scores back and forth throughout the second half. Uh, we've got a gr- Griffin to Petty again. Mason Powell gets on the board again. Um, 
at at that point, Murray opens up about eleven point lead, and you can feel things kind of start to get dire uh, for the Dragons. And a timely fumble fumble recovery by Caden Hampton sets up a striker to Williams pass. We take the lead back at forty three to forty, late in the third. We then force a turnover on downs and have another striker to Hampton play to set up a Hampton rushing touchdown. And we have a 10-point lead with a minute left in the third, and, and you and I were feeling feeling pretty good, I think, at that point. We were, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, But, at, you know, as, as we talked about, no, no need to let up on the gas because the other team's not going to, and they certainly didn't in the fourth. They didn't let that 10-point deficit uh, scare them in the, in the slightest. They did not. Uh, Seth Griffin – Gets his team back within three with his fourth rushing touchdown of the night. Seth will go ahead and give him a full recap of his stats. He had three passing touchdowns, nearly 400 yards passing, nearly 200 yards rushing, and four touchdowns. That matches uh, his predecessor, Lad McConkey's seven-touchdown game at quarterback back in 2019. He was a quarterback in high school, for those of you wondering about those, those stats. Uh, but anyways, uh, his fourth and final rushing touchdown gets him within three. We then have that uh, the striker pooch punt out of the shotgun. That was actually the only punt of this entire game, uh, sort of a uh, trickery, if you will. Didn't fare well, but we turned right around and forced a turnover on downs. At that point, uh, it really felt like this was going to be Pickens' first victory of the season, uh, only to have another fumble uh, bite us with about three minutes to go. That nonetheless, of course, as you guessed it, uh, Griffin to Rice, 24-yard touchdown pass with just under a minute. Now, they put forth a good effort, got down the field uh, with as little time as they had. I was I was shocked that we had as good as opportunities we did to win that game. Uh, just couldn't couldn't come up with it. We got a 54-50 to 50 final in Chatsworth. A high-scoring game, great game from both sides. Hate to lose it, but uh, I think a much more positivity, uh, much more positive game than we had in week one. Certainly was. It was an exciting game throughout. Uh, no shortage of, uh, of playmakers, and uh, you know, luckily the, the uh, Mountaineers had several on their side of the field. Um, Ethan saw some like Jaden Rice that we highlighted in the pregame. Didn't see him to the second half, so we actually all those playmakers they had in the first half, they you know had additional help on the field come the second half. But the Dragons did too, and you, we saw some really strong performances Friday night from some of their their key team members yeah marcus pike had a big game we mentioned uh, this won't show up on the stat sheet or at least not uh, the stat sheet i'm about to rattle off to you but he had a couple big kickoff returns uh, in additions to five receptions for 155 and that long 56 yard touchdown uh, mason powell who uh I don't want to sell him short on the offensive end, but he certainly seems to make more of an impact, at least from my point of view, on the defensive end. But Friday night he had three touchdowns uh, altogether as well as some two-point connections. So a couple guys from Pickens have a good game in their own right. And there's a lot of stats we're leaving off. I mean, 104 points were put up. So uh, there's there's a lot that we're leaving off. I just wanted to highlight uh, those, those couple guys I felt like had the biggest games. There was. It was exciting for us. A lot of these guys we've got to know from – being exposed to the team, got to interview several of them in the preseason show. Um, several of them we got to see last year and last, you know, but every Friday night we don't get to recognize a whole lot of players, uh, particularly, or, or call out a lot of numbers, a lot of names. That was different on Friday night, which I know we really enjoyed. I mean, they really spread the love around. There's a lot of people that spe- uh, stepped up, stepped up in big ways and made big plays. Uh, it was a great game. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's any any loss is not fun. That was a, certainly a heartbreaker when you do perform that well. Maybe on one side of the ball, 
more than the other, but you you perform well, you lay you know a lot out there on the field, and you still come up a little short. But I think they are showing growth. They are showing that bounce back, like we talked about, was so key last week for them to do. Show that they are capable. Show that they can put together uh, scoring drives. They can stay in games, um, put together four quarters um, of play, and they they showed that Friday night. Um, and I'm excited at this point in the season to see how things pivot and if they're able to, to build on that momentum. Uh, I know it sounds strange saying momentum when you had a loss, but I think compared to that scrimmage and compared to game one, it certainly uh, it is a tide turning to a degree. So excited to see that. Of course, they were not the only team in action last Friday night, and we have some highlights um, of other scores. We tried to keep folks updated during our broadcast on Friday night, as we always do. Because as you're listening to Dragon Football, as you should every Friday night, I know for those true fans out there, they're interested to see what other teams we will see throughout the year are doing out there uh, across North Georgia, Jess. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll go through these quickly. A couple of them we'll spend a little more time on. Uh, West Hall gets their first one of the year, 23-7 over Johnson. Wesleyan lost 30-28 to to Decatur now. They had moved into the top ten of uh, – Georgia High School Football Daily's uh, Class 3A teams. I I don't think this is a loss uh, that has any impact on their standing. Like, it did cause them to fall out, but uh, Decatur, tough, bigger school, 5A, uh, no shame in losing to them. Same case for Dawson. They face Lambert in a big loss, 49-6, to but uh, they're a huge school, 7A, very tough test, so no, no – uh, Loss, a literal loss, but not not much of a loss in in how Dawson's going to perform this season, losing forty nine six. White County also with a loss, more a better theme across uh, Region Seven AAA this week. Losses where last week seemed like everybody won. White County loses forty two to twenty eight to six A Habersham. Uh, they all are losing to to bigger schools here. Keep that in mind as we get into the region season. Two teams that did win, and I think these are both significant wins. Uh, Lumpkin, Lumpkin has a 28-6 win over Union County. Now, Union beat Fannin, remember that, so we'll do a little bit of they beat who, then turn around and beat this little bit of uh, transitive property there. Uh, they're under new coach Heath Webb, and he came from Gainesville and seems to maybe be turning them around. They're in a 2-0 start after only three wins in the last three seasons, so that's something to keep an eye on. Lumpkin uh, projected to be towards the bottom of the region might be uh, a little little more of a thorn in our side than we thought. And then, of course, this will lead us into the next portion of the show. Gilmer with a 49-35 win over Fannin. Gilmer also starting off 2-0 on the rebuild under uh, Paul Standard in his second season. Fannin had won the last four regular season meetings between those two teams. I think they did have a couple more scrimmage meetings as well. So a big win for uh, Gilmer County in that rivalry and a big win to start off uh, their early season. And a good segue for us is we're going to now turn our attention to the Fan and Rebels. That is the opponent for the Dragons this Friday night on the road. As we noted, very excited uh, to get that game back underway. Had a very long history that we'll talk about later in the show between these two programs, but has been absent for the last decade. And so really excited to get that going again. And really excited about the opportunity we have here on Pickens Football Weekly, uh, Dragon Football Weekly, to bring you a, a really – special insight into this opponent with having the voice of the dra- uh, voice of the rebels rather tim tow joining us uh for this show here in just a moment 
Uh, we're very excited to have that opportunity, and it'll be great insight for the fans. We, as always, appreciate you tuning in to Dragon Football Weekly, brought to you on by Tri-State Communications Sports Network. Uh, and our thanks to our sponsor, Appalachian Gun Range, just down off 515 and Highway 108. Uh, please stay tuned with us. You're not going to want to miss this next segment with the voice of the Fan and Rebels, Tim Tao. Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper. Welcome back to Dragon Football Weekly on Tri-State Communications Sports Network, brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker, and we're excited uh, now to be joined by the voice of the Fan and Rebels, Tim Towell. Uh, excited to be getting this uh, rivalry back going between the Dragons and the Rebels after uh, uh, over a decade uh, with no play on the gridiron between the two schools. Uh, of course, we hope you tune in for that game on the road Friday night. We will have live coverage uh, starting with the Northside Hospital pregame show at 7 p.m. and ga- kickoff at 7:30, uh, you can listen to us on WPGY uh, 93.7, 98.1 FM, as well as streaming online at WLJARadio.com. Uh, without further ado, going to turn it over uh, Jess uh, for you to sit down and maybe get a little insight here from from Tim up in Blue Ridge. Uh, Tim is a uh friend of mine a colleague of mine happy to have him on today i i mentioned at the opening of the show i don't know how often we will get the opportunity to have a guest from the opponent uh, school on board he does he does pa for the rebels but uh i'm gonna let him tell you a little bit more about himself uh, rather than me doing all this introduction for him tim how you doing tonight jess tucker i'm good thank you guys uh thank you guys for having me uh excited for friday night uh can't wait yeah, it's going to be a fun one. We're happy to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so like I said, I, I guess we'll start. Just let uh, not everybody is as close with you as I am and knows your background. If, if you can just kind of give us uh, your relationship with Fannin County football outside of just the PA, I know you're you're much more involved than, than just that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I'm a 2009 graduate of Fannin County High School. Um I actually work at the recreation department. I'm an, I'm the athletic coordinator there. So I'm very involved in the youth football program. Um, very involved with our high school quarterback club. Uh, I've been blessed to be on the, uh, the PA voice now for five years for Fannin County high school. And this was my first year, uh, with the basketball team this past season. Um, so, uh, I've grew up in Blue Ridge. I love Fannin County sports. Uh, I, they're, they're a big passion of mine and they're, they always will be a passion of mine. And I'm very blessed. I'm, I'm a very blessed man, Jess. I get to do a lot of things that are very fortunate that, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself. So I get to do what I want to do. So it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, me and you both. Um, I, I know many of them are, are side projects for me, maybe one day become my my nine to five or uh, my main gig but uh, i mean you got to know each other through through the basketball program there at fanning county and uh, officiating and now we're cross paths here as well so uh, it, it is good especially uh younger guys like us you don't you don't quite see it a whole lot being so involved so uh, i Glad to have a colleague like you at uh, Fannin County. Just so happens that uh, this week we will we will be rivals, not colleagues. 
Yeah, I, you're not my friend this week. I actually bleed you out of my phone. So, yeah. well, I'm glad you at least made it. If I didn't have Tucker facilitating this interview, I guess we wouldn't be able to be able to hook up. But, uh, anyways, I, I was hoping uh, you could talk about this. This is a significant moment, at least from an outsider's point of view, for uh, Fannin County football's recent history. Is when uh, Coach Chad Cheatham was hired uh, uh, in 2018. Tell me, tell me about that and. And how uh, the public view, how the culture, how he's done a, a good job taking over that program and really changing it from top to bottom. Oh, Chad Cheatham, I could I could talk for for an hour about how all the good things he's done with the football program uh, completely turned our football program around. Um, you know, much like Chris Parker done with the Pickens County football program uh, back a few years ago, Chad Cheatham has basically done the, the same thing. Uh, in his first four ten years, he's first four years, excuse me, he's won 30, 30 football games. We've been to the playoffs four years and made two deep runs the last two years into the playoffs. Um, great guy. He is, is, is put together a great coaching staff. Uh, Coach Cheatham is very involved in our youth program. Uh, he gets to uh, interact with the youth coaches and comes sees the players. So, and, and he also is very involved, obviously, with the middle school program. Um, the middle schools run a lot of the same stuff that the high school runs. So uh, his, his hand, his, his footprint is all on uh, the Fannin County High School football program. Um, back before Cat, Chad Cheatham came to Fannin County, um, you know, it was uh, Fannin County wasn't a football school. Um, now we are, con- you know, we're, we're considered, you know, one of the best programs in the mountains. Um, so, you know, he is, he's done, he's done so, so much good. And he's a great guy, man. You just, He's a guy you just don't want to stop talking to. Um, he he he'll, he'll, he tells a lot of stories. He's a great family man. His wife Catherine, uh, his he actually has a son on the football team now, Braxton, and his daughter Annalie runs uh, track and cross country, I believe now. For uh, in, she's an eighth grader. His son Braxton is a freshman this year. Uh, he he's a defensive back, wide receiver. Uh, but he's he's a great guy. He, he's he I, I'm blessed to consider him a great friend. And uh, he has really changed our football program and, and turned it around. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the parallels between he and Chris Parker because a lot of what you mentioned uh, reminds me of Chris. I don't have as, as much experience with uh, Coach Parker as, as Tucker would as, as he was uh, around on the high school team back in, back in Tucker's day. But just especially the part about uh, you don't want to stop talking to him. Uh, every, every interaction I've had with – with Chris has been similar to what you mentioned there and both what they've done for their respective programs is very, very similar. Just really changing what the expectation is and what, uh, how players, how players feel about their own team and how, uh, how fans feel about us and, and that sort of thing. So I, that was a very good comparison to make there. I hate, hate that, uh, we can't see the two of them face off. Of course, we've got a prospect, Perspective replacement in Grant Myers. Grant actually reminds me uh, a lot of Chris in in some ways as well. But given all your recent uh, success, tell me kind of what's been going on the first two weeks this season. I don't mean to take a, a dig at you. We are also sporting <laughs> the sporting the same record as you, but maybe uh, why has that been a little drop off? Do you expect it uh, to hopefully? get better as the season goes just just give me a little recap of what's been what's been going on weeks one i will i will say not to cut in the the good news for both programs somebody's going to win this friday 
Somebody's going to have to, unless we get some kind of crazy lightning delay and the game gets postponed, or uh, you, you never know. Um, of course, Fannin County, we, we've had to, we have we've had to sit through a lightning delay at Union County, and we didn't know if that game was even going to get played. But it's no secret Fannin County's zero and two for the first time since two thousand twelve. Um, you know, uh, it's it's mountain football, and, and the way the, here, this is the way I look at it, and I, and I think. A lot of people in Fannin County and Pickens County need to understand this. It goes in cycles, and it always has. Uh, right now, you're seeing Gilmer County and Lufkin County, who are uh, playing very well, very very good football right now, and they've been down for a long time. Uh, Lufkin County, I think, is two and zero for the first time since uh, the mid 1900s. I mean, uh, they're they're that that's just how down they've been. So so good for those guys, but. As far as, you know, I, I don't expect this to be for Fannin County. I, I do expect them to compete in Region 7 AA for a playoff spot still. Um, we obviously have a very tough region with Rockmar and North Murray, who you guys saw uh, last week. Um, I, We've I seen both those that. teams. We actually had uh, Rockmar in the scrimmage as well. It wasn't pretty. Yeah, Th- those those two teams, obviously, we have to face those teams too. Um, so we're, uh, you know, but we're up for the challenge. Uh, and But – um, this is still a playoff football team. The team returns a lot of seniors, um, led by uh, Cade Sands, uh, Corbin Davenport. That would be the two guys that come to mind right now. Uh, Andrew Waldrop has been sidelined due to injury for the first two games. Um, there is a possibility, you know, he could, could be back either this week or next week. So I know Fanning County uh, fans will definitely be glad to see him back on the defense as he uh, has over 100 tackles his last two years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, for the Rebels at linebacker. <clears throat> so, you know, everybody just, you know, what, and, and going back to Chad Cheatham, four years ago when Chad, che- or excuse me, five years ago when Chad Cheatham arrived here, if you would have asked me, Tim, what would you like to see? You know, I would, I would have probably just told you, I, you know, maybe four to six wins, you know, make the playoffs every now and then. But now the expectations have have skyrocketed because we've won ten plus games the last two seasons. So once again, I think it's mountain football. It goes in cycles. I don't, and I'm not saying Fannin County is going to be a bad team this year. I'm just saying, you know, we 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 don't have all these athletes that that a lot of these Atlanta schools are able to pull from. You know, we're small mountain foot mountain communities, but um, mountain football always has went in cycles. You know. Uh, Pickens went on a great run with Coach Parker, um, you know, and now they they had their, they they went a little bit down, but Grant Myers, of course, doing a heck of a job getting that program back up. So, you know, I don't expect this to, to uh, continue for the Rebels, but um, I do think they are still a playoff team for sure. Yeah, players always come and go. You have classes that are stronger than others. I am glad you mentioned Gilmer and Lumpkin. It, uh, I know you didn't get to listen to our Open. We we highlighted both of their 2-0 and starts. Uh, they were two programs in, in our region that were expected to be kind of uh, bottom tier who are now looking like they may compete for a playoff spot. Uh, and talking about uh, our region and mountain football, we're back in a mountain region, if you will, now uh, where we're getting away from all that northwest uh, Dalton area schools back grouped in with Dawson, Gilmer, um, White County, Lumpkin County, and we're happy to add Fannin back on the schedule as well. Uh, Tucker mentioned it's been over 10 years since the two of us faced off. Tell me uh, what that rivalry means to you, how excited you are to renew it, and what to expect this Friday. 
you know, I think it's so great that these schools, uh, I mean, last time was 2011, my good friend Trevor Stone threw a Hail Mary, Hail Mary to Brandon Minner down there in the right corner of the end zone down there at Dragon Stadium. It was Clark Drennan versus Steve Sewell, uh, the coaching matchup, and Phantom won 29 to 28. I remember that game. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that 2011 was the last time these two schools, uh, these two schools met. Now, what I do love about this is, is these two schools need to be playing every year. And props to Chad Cheatham and Grant Myers for getting this done. Uh, these, 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 these guys know each other. There's so there's a lot of similarities. I'm gonna give you two similarities right now. Obviously, Chris Williams, Pickens County AD, uh, All American, uh, play, played it, played at Fannin County High School. Went on to uh, play college football, uh, is the AD at Pickens County. Daniel Lang, who is the running backs coach for uh, Pickens County, I believe, he played at Fannin County High School, was a great receiver for us. Um, so, you know, it's going to be good to see that that rivalry kind of, you know, happen in that way. Um, you know, obviously we're excited to see Isaiah Williams, who's Chris Williams' son. Uh, Isaiah played youth football growing up uh, here in Fannin County. Um before his dad took the AD job there in, in Pickens. So, um, so many similarities. All these guys know each other. They all follow each other on social media. They play each other in basketball and baseball. Uh, that, you know, it's it's about time that we, we finally get this rivalry going back on the football field. So, um, I, I'm excited. Uh, the, and, and they play in youth football, too. Like, you know, I mean, first grade, all the way through eighth grade, these teams play. There's no reason why we should – we shouldn't have this game every year in high school. So I don't know if it was Cheatham or Grant Myers or the ADs, Chris Williams and Shannon York who got this finalized, but but props to them for, for us getting this rivalry back. And I, hopefully we don't have to wait another decade uh, before we have the match again. Yeah, that uh, you mentioned the youth sports. That was one thing we were excited about with getting our region back is these are who all the kids see at, at the youth level and at the middle school level. Uh, so it, it really made no sense – for us to be going and playing, uh, you know, Ridgeland up in Rossville, where we're, where travel times was a big issue with that as well. But uh, we are happy to ex- to cross paths once again. And uh, you want to give me a? I don't want to put you on the spot here, and I wouldn't expect you to go. But one way, you want to give me a, a prediction Friday night before I, I, we go? I, you know, I'm going Fannin County, but you know, I, I pull for Pickens County all the time. Uh, I, I I respect. Uh, what Coach Grant Myers and the program's done. I'm uh, I'm very good friends with the Pickens County Rec Director Brian Jones. Um, obviously, you too, Jess. But I, you know, I, I I like Pickens County, and uh, 364 days out of the year, I guess I'll pull for Pickens County. But uh, I'm not going to pull for them obviously uh, tomorrow night or Friday night, excuse me. Um, but I think it's going to be another close game. Uh, Massey ratings. Uh, is a tool is what I like to put in. You know, they they have Fannin County win the game twenty eight to twenty two, uh, excuse me twenty eight twenty four, and you know, I don't know if it'll be um, that low scoring. I, I we're I think we're both still trying to get a read on these teams. Um, Fannin County uh, defense looked good in week one and did, and did not look that good in week two. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the score is going to be. But I know it's going to be close. Um, but I, I got Fannin by, I got Fannin by. You know, I, if I had to give a score prediction, I would say Fannin County wins, uh, 35-31-28, something like that. 
Yeah, we had a, a shootout last week, so it'd be fun uh, to have another one. 35-31 would certainly be one. So you're giving me four points. As long as I cover that, that means uh, dinner next time's on you. That, yeah, that sure. Why not? Why? <laughs> Tim, why not? Uh, we loved having you tonight. You provided us with a, a wealth of information, a lot more than we could have got uh, off the Internet um, or for anybody else. Uh, that was awesome. And uh, if we happen to cross paths in the future, maybe uh, even just bring you on a little bit to give uh, fans uh, a different point of view from another school on 515 some this year, we'd definitely uh, be glad to have you back. Hey guys, I, I love football. I love mountain football, and you know, uh, it's uh, like I said, I, I'm not pulling for Pickens County Friday night, but uh, 364 days out of the year, I'm I'm a Pickens Dragon fan for sure. Tim, we appreciate it very much. This was a lot of great insight, and uh, I know that uh, I think all three of us are, are very loyal to the 515 area, so we're going to be be excited to be turning out on the uh, 515 headed north Friday night, and and. Uh, grab a little grub in uh, maybe downtown Blue Ridge before we hit the stadium. It's going to be going to be good for us, and I think we're going to be in store for a for a good football game for sure. Absolutely, if all, all the Dragon fans coming up, I highly recommend Pete's Place. It's right below the stadium. Uh, if if you can't get in there, Chester's downtown, great place to eat. Well, we I hope the Dragon fans are taking note. They're going to know the good spots to eat from the locals. So. Uh, we're excited, and uh, uh, again, just appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on the show with us this week, and uh, wish y'all good luck all season, every game except for Friday, so we'll see. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, and safe travels, guys, and we'll see you Friday. Sounds good. Thank you, Thank Tim. You. Fans, hope you stay with us right here on Dragon Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range. Uh, we're going to have a little more insight on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at High Highway 108 in Jasper. Welcome back now to Dragon Football Weekly on Tri-State Communications Sports Network, presented by our weekly sponsor, Appalachian Gun Range, located in Jasper off Highway 515 and 108. Want to, of course, thank them and all our sponsors for uh, making our coverage of uh, Pickens football during the 2022 fall season uh, available to the fans out there. And of course, want to thank you all for tuning in to Jess and myself. Uh, every week, including this Friday uh, for game day coverage, we will be on the road at uh, Fannin uh, for week three. Excited uh, uh, about that uh, matchup. Excited to be having uh, this rivalry kind of kind of reborn after uh, uh, being uh, away for over a decade. Uh, 2011, last time these two teams faced out last year, Steve Sewell. Uh, right before Chris Parker started. So we've actually been now three football coaches. That's kind of hard to think just uh, here in Pickens since we played the Rebels. Chris Parker, Jeff Nelson, and now Grant Myers. Uh, and this this being the first time uh, in any of their tenures they do make the trip to Blue Ridge for this game. Uh, and we were able to get a lot of insight uh, that, that uh, was, I think, extremely helpful for us but also the fans out there to get an idea about this rivalry and about the team we're going to be taking off on Friday. And just, again, want to give a shout-out to Tim Tao for, for working with us and, and uh, being able to, to bring that uh, coverage uh, here on the show. 
Yeah, that was that was an incredible interview. I knew Tim would be good, and I I expected about seventy five percent of what he was able to give. So I already had high expectations, and he exceeded them. We'll uh, probably be a little bit redundant here. I will try to uh, maybe provide some different nuggets or maybe expand on a couple. Uh, you mentioned first meeting since 2011. Now, they'd actually, they do have a long history together, even though uh, the, it has been a while since uh, they have met. They faced off every year from 1984 to 07. So you've got uh, over 20 years of uh, consecutive play there. They did miss 08, 09. They rebooted for 10 and then uh, the last meeting in 11. The record stands at 17 to 10 in Pickens' favor. We uh, are a little bit higher classification than them currently. There have been years when we were on uh, equal levels with them, but for the most part, we have been a larger level classification with them. But uh, really, lately, uh, they have had the most most success, at least in the last couple of years. I know, Tim, uh, and, and it's something we use a lot trying to bring in these uh, projections and what they're saying about what we may see on Friday night, trying to give us an indication, trying to give the fans an indication. I don't know if, Jess, you've had a chance to dive into that, um, project those projections or what, what the statistics or the data out there are saying, but Tim alluded to he was seeing stuff that was showing maybe about a four-point spread here between uh, the Dragons and the Rebels. Uh, Tim saying leaning in Fannin's favor. That could be uh, uh, him wearing... Uh, Blue, I don't know. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at any of that about what we might could expect Friday night as far as that goes. Well, those those projections he provided are unbiased projections. Now, they are based mostly on recent history, which we just touched on. It has been very, very strong for Fannin. Uh, they've had back-to-back uh, 10 win or more seasons. Uh, two years ago, they got to the quarterfinals. Last year, they won the first-round playoff game as well. So they have three playoff wins over the last two years. So those projections will be skewed based on what they have done the last couple seasons. Uh, a lot of that thanks to Coach Chad Cheatham. I have a bunch of uh, different stats wrote down on him. I don't think that I can cover any of it better than uh, Tim did on, on a personal level. Uh, he had, they had, had seven straight losing seasons before he took over. Since uh, he's taken over, he's taken to the playoffs each season. I just mentioned uh, those last two strong playoff performances. So, um, like I said, I, I don't want to go on and on about uh, different stats that I have recorded for him because it, it will uh, pale in comparison to what Tim brought. Now, even though they've had that recent success, they are 0-2 this season with losses to both Union and Gilmer, which uh, – can be uh, makes this Friday a little bit more interesting, at least for me. I know at the beginning of the season, um, I had this game circled as as a very tough competition, and I don't know that that it won't be now. But I do see it a little bit differently that they have that they sport the same record as us, both coming in winless this Friday. Yeah, uh, another thing I I uh, noticed uh, looking at uh, the game coming into this game on Friday, I don't know that it had a factor or not. Uh, but this will be the home opener for Fan. Uh, both of their losses, not far away from from their home base by any means. Uh, trip to Blairsville and then a trip south to LJ. But uh, both week one and two, they were just like the Dragons on the road both games and unable to pick up the win. But they do. They are going to get to go home this this Friday. 
uh, for home little home field advantage there. This will be the first time, like I said, they've they've played at home. Not sure if that will play into the game or at, at all or not, but but worth noting. Do, I actually do have a little bit of experience with a Fannin County home game. I got uh, the opportunity during our bye week last year to do the color commentary for the ETC production. It was uh, Fannin against, gosh, the school was slipping my name, Chattooga. Fannin against Chattooga. It was the de facto uh, region championship. Uh, Tim himself, I, I remember him telling me that he felt like it was the biggest regular season home game in Fannin County football history. So I have got to experience that uh, atmosphere, that crowd a little bit. It might not be quite as jazzed up for what he called the uh, biggest game in their history, but uh, that will play a factor, uh, I can assure you, on Friday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, uh, you know, of course, uh, with with them being at home, Dragons remain on the road. It's their third week in a row on the road. Um, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it will. Luckily for us, for the teams, for the fans, I do think we're all indicators. We're in We're in for a very competitive ball game on Friday night. Um, and it'll be, be interesting to see it play out. Who... Anybody in particular you're watching for? I know he alluded to a couple players, Davenport and a few others for the Rebels also noted, kind of teased at us that there could be a key defender for the Rebels possibly coming back this week that has sat out week one and week two, did not confirm. He said it was was possible the player uh, could return this Friday. But if anything you're watching for in particular uh, across the field on Friday? Uh, this is nothing that he didn't point out, but but Davenport was the player I had circled. Corbin Davenport, uh, he does it with his pass catching and his rushing. Just last Friday against Gilmer in a high-scoring game, he caught nine balls for about 100 yards and a touchdown, added three more rushing touchdowns on just six carries. So uh, he was my one-impact guy. I knew uh, I knew Tim would have more to offer on that as, as far as his knowledge versus what I could find. Uh, but but Davenport was one that I think will play an impact. He is a senior, so he has been on those uh, success, successful Fannin County teams. And uh, he, if anything, uh, he's going to miss that maybe more than some of the underclassmen who weren't a part of it, and he will be uh, more motivated to get back on the win column this week. And we will definitely try and keep an eye out d- during the, the uh, pregame show for any indicators of, of- – Players returning from injury from week one, week two, we'll have that coverage for you on Friday night, leading up to kickoff. Um, and we're we're excited another another uh, week of competitive football. I know we're excited to be making the trip, as we said, uh, north up five fifteen to Blue Ridge on Friday night. And uh, we hope that you all will tune in with us, tune in to us as you always do. We will um, we will have live coverage beginning at seven p.m. with the North Side. Pre-game show followed by coverage all throughout the game on Friday night at 7.30. So be sure to tune in to our coverage on Friday night. You can hear us on 93.7 and 98.1 FM. You can also stream online, wljaradio.com, and then click listen to WPGY. Um, again, want to thank uh, Tim Tao once more, uh, our counterpart up in Blue Ridge, the voice of the Rebels, for giving uh, his time to give us insight on what we can expect Friday night. One, of course, as always, thank Appalachian Gun Range, uh, our sponsor of Dragon Football Weekly. They make this show possible to bring it to you all on behalf of Tri-State Communications Sports Network. Again, want to thank you all for tuning in every week. We will see you on Friday night in the Dragons in action on the road at Fannin. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. Thank you and take care.